All right, so real quick, if this is your first time here, welcome, and this is how we kind of do things here. Uh, you have a bulletin that we give everyone. Hopefully you got one of those. In the bulletin has information about stuff that's going on around uh, and about the church. That's a great way to stay connected. And also, another way to stay connected, if you're on Facebook, go to the Calling Community Church Facebook page, like it, get connected there, because we do a lot of information um, on that particular page as well. Uh, if you miss a sermon, if you were not able to be here, matter of fact, if you weren't able to be here last week, you need to get online and listen to Steve's sermon because it's probably the best sermon of the year. I'm not even joking. I'm not even saying it. Steve did not pay me to say that. I'm just saying it was. It was a good. If you were here last week, great sermon. I listened to it on Monday morning, sitting out in my friend's backyard in Arizona. It was a great time of worship, just listening to the word. But there's a podcast that we put out every Sunday afternoon. Tony goes online, puts it out there for us to listen to. So if you miss a week, jump online, listen to it so that you can stay connected with what's going on. And it's a great segue into my sermon today. Um, he talked about your identity in Christ. And, and we're going to identify with Christ in baptism today. We got the baptismal set up. We got three people, uh, maybe more. Maybe you're like, dude, I want in. I want in. I, want, I brought a towel. If you didn't bring a towel, I have an extra towel. I have extra t-shirts, whatever. And if you want to get baptized today, that'd be wonderful. So you get all the information in the bulletin. There is a tear-off sheet on the bulletin. It's a perforated page for a purpose. Tear it off, fill it out. Everyone fill it out and place it in the offering basket as you leave today. Yes, I did say offering basket. You will find that as you're leaving the sanctuary and you just drop it and your attendance sheet in the, in the basket. And then uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get a chance to stay connected that way. Good? All good stuff? Well, what's next Sunday? It's Mother's Day. I, I, that, you're welcome, guys. I'm just saying you're welcome, kids. I just gave you a, week lead, a week's lead time to bless those mamas um, because you, you, need to, you need to do so. Has anybody ever seen the, the video, um, God's Plan, by a guy named Drake? Has anybody ever seen that video? At the end of it, he's talking about we're nothing without our mothers. Yeah, they carried you and brought you into this world. And, uh, of course, they could take you out of the world. That's what I heard, too. Um, I don't know if my mom ever told me or that. Not. She probably did at some point, told me that. But anyway, so Mother's Day is next week. And then the week after that, we have graduation. Uh, we have kids that have already graduated from college. We got high school graduates that we're going to recognize. And it's a great, uh, it's going to be a great time. Hey, if you are first through fifth grader, little kids, come up here real quick. Everybody, first, kids, come up. Come on. Come on, I, I, know, I know who you are. Come on up here. Come on up here. I'm gonna show you this, I'm gonna show you this baptismal water. Young kids, come on. Yeah, today, come on. All right, come up here, go check this out. Go check that out, go fill the water. See how warm it is, check the temperature. See if you have a thermometer built into your finger. All right, come on up. Go, you, can go, you can go around, check it out. Come on, come on. Hey, Lily. Lily scored a soccer goal this week. I saw it on video, it was awesome. So cool. All right, come here. Come check this out. All right, so maybe you've done this before if you've been around. You can put your finger in. Just test it out. Here's a towel. If you need to dry your finger off later, you can pass the towel around. All right, so it's pretty warm, isn't it? It's not too bad. It's not hot tub warm, but it's like uh, the fun little pool at the, y, the YMCA warm. So it's actually pretty good. And so you guys know what this is, right? And what we use this for? We use it for baptisms. Now, some people think it kind of looks like a coffin because it's kind of about the same size as one, but it's really kind of a cool picture. So this is what happens when you ask Jesus 
to, to be your Lord and Savior, and you pray and say, Jesus, please save me from my sin. Come and live inside of me. And you make that step, and you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and we celebrate that. Um, we celebrate it every day, but especially on Easter Sunday morning. Baptism is a way to say to everyone else that's looking, I believe that with all my heart. And today, three people who believe that are going to get baptized. And so they will be in the water, and they will say, Jesus is my Lord, and they'll believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I'll say, because of your faith in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, it's, then I take them, and it's like you placing them under the water, and they come up out of the water, and they leave the old life behind, and they're raised to walk in a new life. It's a pretty powerful picture. And so as you get older, and as you have conversations with your parents, and you talk about the importance of baptism, I remember when this young lady got baptized, it was the first year of our church, and her whole family got baptized together in a swimming pool. It's pretty awesome. And so keep thinking about and talking. And sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times, God will speak to you even without your parents around. And he'll be like, I want you to follow me. And then you might decide, you know what? I want to get baptized too. And you don't get baptized because other people are getting baptized. You get baptized because you know that's what God wants you to do and you want to be obedient to him. Does that make sense? Good stuff? All right, awesome. You guys can go back to your seats. Thank you. So that's what we'll be doing at the, uh, at the end of our time together today. I'm going to go up this way. So some might ask, like, well, Brady, when is a good time to get baptized? Well, really, any time that there's water available to get baptized is a good time. You don't have to have it scheduled or anything like that. As far as, like, with us, you might have to schedule it because we've got to make sure we get the water here. But maybe this summer you're at a lake or you're at a pool and you said, you know what, today's the day. And I want to I identify myself with the death and resurrection of Jesus and I want to follow him in baptism. And so I want to encourage you to, to walk that out. If you've been wrestling with that, you say, you know what, that's something I really want to do, but I've never taken that step. Or maybe you say, well, I was baptized when I was a baby. Um, and I say that's, that's great that your parents wanted to give that to you as a gift when you're a baby, but it's something that you need to decide to do on your own as you grow up. And I hope that you will you'll follow that. Today we have three uh, people that are getting baptized, a dad and his daughter um, that are getting baptized. Again, I'll share with you about them. And then a young lady, Bree, who, who is precious and uh, has been walking with some friends who have been helping her walk with the Lord. And so it's all good. So my best friend from high school the guy that we grew up together he invited my wife and I to come out and stay with him and his wife and he really wanted it to be a pastoral retreat he wanted me to and my wife just to get away and just have a time to just take a big deep breath and enjoy uh, God's incredible uh, artwork in Arizona if you've ever been to Arizona or not but it's beautiful out there I mean it's it's desolate and desert but at the same time it's it's majestic and beautiful and so we went out and we we walked and we hiked and we experienced some great stuff. We experienced the best pie in Arizona. Has anybody ever been to Rock Springs and had pie at Rock Springs? Where have you people been? You need to get out more, all right? Go to Rock Springs. It's the best pie in Arizona. It, I don't know if it's as good as Pastor Charles from uh, the New Life Baptist Church and Tracy. His wife makes it an apple pie that's to die for. 
don't know if it was as good as that, but it was really, really good. So you got to check that out. And then uh, while I was there in this particular little restaurant, they have this really cool men's room. My friend was like, dude, you got to go check out the men's room. You don't really hear that very often. Like men's rooms aren't that exciting. So I went in there and they had um, like old kegs of beer that they carved out and turned them into urinals. Every man appreciates that, right? You know, but literally I was, I was using the facility for what it was designed for. I'm just saying, and there was a guy behind me taking a picture. <laughs> Listen, guys don't even talk to each other in the bathroom. I mean, seriously, all we do in the bathroom, hey, what's up, man? Hey, that's it. That's it. You don't have dialogue. You go in, take care of business, and you leave. Ladies, you have whole conversations. You talk about your family. You talk about whatever's going on with your life. No, you don't do that as a man. And you don't take his picture. I was like, how should I stand? What am I? This is, this is awkward. How does my hair look? I don't know. It's like, where's this going? Is this going to be on social media? What are you doing? He's like, I know this is awkward, but I just want to take a picture of the urinal. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for warning me. And then I went back again. We went two times to this place. Only had pie ones, by the way. We went two times. And the next time, some guy was having this full-on conversation with me about, I don't know, life or whatever. Like, we're in the bathroom. Don't you get it, man? People in Arizona, it's the altitude or something, the heat. I don't know what it is. I learned, I learned while I was on my trip about um, the lack of communication can cause damage. <laughs> can cause damage to your um, Jeep's front differential <laughs> and your wallet. So my friend has this old Jeep uh, Cherokee that belonged to his brother who had passed away. And he his kind of like his goal to fix it up and just to honor his brother's memory. And he'd gotten some work done on it, this new front end so he could climb rocks with it. I mean, it's, this thing sets up, it's pretty amazing. Well, we're flying down the road at 70 miles an hour on Saturday morning. And all of a sudden the worst noise possible comes from the front end, like gears grinding against one another. And uh, it, yeah. So he got this thing fixed and the guy who fixed it for, failed to tell him that you need to put oil in the front differential g grease or whatever oil whatever that is I'm not a mechanic by the way uh, but he's, he didn't tell him and my friend didn't know and that was a bad combination so by the way if you have if you know anything about mechanics oil is important don't let it run out all right make sure you anyway so that was just another story we learned I learned a lot about uh, so um, saguaro cactuses have you ever seen these things have you ever been out to where you see cactus that are really tall, huge? These things are massive, and they, it takes some of them 10 years to grow one inch. 10 years to grow one inch. Talk about patience. You know, like God has like, this is going to be great. These things are going to be amazing, but it's going to take a while for it to happen. Some of them live to be 150 to 200 years old. They weigh up to 6,000 pounds. These things are massive. And while we were stuck on the side of the road, I took a picture of this one. This thing was about 25 feet tall. And you can see on the top, and sometimes it takes 75 years just for them to grow one arm. So think about how old this cactus is. He's still in pretty good shape for his age. Uh, and on the top of them, they call them June brides. They, they, they've developed flowers on the top, which produces um, fruit, I guess, or some type of thing for, for animals. But I, I thought this was fascinating just because of the sheer patience of God and his creativity and his, and the way he, he would create something that man, we really can't touch it with our hands. 
but it has a purpose and it has, and it has value. A matter of fact, even after it dies, in this particular part of the country, it becomes very valuable because they use the inside, the ribs and the inside to make things out of it, lamps and decorations for houses. Matter of fact, it's really expensive and, you, and they're, they're protected by the law because otherwise people will cut them down, let them die and use the, the insides of them. But I just was amazed at the, uh, the sheer beauty. On the inside, they're actually really soft on the inside if you can get past the, the, um, the really sharp needles. But they're really soft and they hold tons and tons of water so that when it's dry, it can stay alive. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, isn't that the way life is sometimes? We, get, we come, we come to church, we have an experience in life where we get filled up and then there's a season of dryness, a season of, of struggle and doubt and wonder. And we don't know how we're gonna make it through, but God has, has given us some reserves until the next time we can get together, to the next time we can experience some rain. Which is one of the reasons why I wanna encourage you that uh, to make church a part of your life Okay, and I'm not just saying just this church because you might not be from here, but make community a part of your life so that when you start to get dry, when you need somebody else to come alongside you and encourage you and to hold you up, uh, the body of Christ can be that for you. Bless you. So, some of you might have missed church last week because you thought, hey, Pastor Brady isn't gonna be there. He won't even know if we're gone. We'll just take a little vacation, like he's taking a vacation. And I don't know if that was you or not. Hopefully that wasn't you. But if it was, I, want to have, I have two things to say about that. First of all, I might be the pastor of this church, but I'm not the head of this church. His name is Jesus, okay? And Jesus is here every week. His presence is here every week. And like I said earlier, you probably missed the best sermon of 2018. And I'm not just saying that because Steve's my friend. It was a good word. It was a good word that we all needed to hear about our identity in Christ. How God sees us compared to the way we see ourselves, compared to the voices that we hear in our own head. And I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that word, Steve, because sometimes as a pastor, I feel like I come under some oppression and some attack from the outside. And it's not... It's not necessarily people who are attacking me and pointing fingers in my face. It's really my own doubt and insecurity that I have. Well, I'm not like that pastor. And I, we, don't, we don't have this as a church. And we don't, we don't have this. Am I doing a good enough job? Are people, are people going to come back, you know, and all that stuff? And I find myself a little bit too concerned about what people think than I'm concerned about what God thinks of me and how he sees me. Can I get an amen to that? Can you, can you, can you walk with me through that a little bit? as a human being, that's something pastors, pastors wrestle with. I'm standing right there and the music's going on and I'm thinking to myself, okay, how's this gonna go? And how should I introduce the sermon? And how's it gonna end? And all these other things, that's the stuff that's going through my head. And then what am I gonna eat after lunch <laughs> or for lunch? That's going through my head too, because I'm human and my stomach is growling. <laughs> but this message, this message that I heard last week kind of spurred me on to this thought of thinking about how it is that God sees us uh, as he sees us as right. If we come to Christ, he sees us as righteous. Did you know that? He sees you as righteous. 
sinless. And I was talking to Tony uh, earlier this week, and I was like, you know what? If we, if we really grabbed a hold of this idea of how God sees us in Christ as sinless, no sin, if we really grabbed a hold of that, we would probably actually start sinning less. You hear what I'm saying? Like when you start to understand your identity in Christ and how God sees you like a blessed child, his own child, like the way we see our own children. My children aren't perfect. You've already heard me say this before. You know, I know that's a revelation to some of you, even to them. They're not perfect, but I see them as blessed and I see them as my children and I love them. Even though they're all coming back home now. I don't know what happened. I thought they were all gone. They all keep drifting back in. But God sees us as sinless. And listen, here's what, here's what the Bible says. And so it sent me on this little bit of a journey. Look in Romans chapter 3 real fast, okay? Romans chapter 3. We're going to finish up on time today because I want to, um, some things we need to accomplish. Romans chapter 3. Look at uh, verse 21. Romans 3, 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. Up to that point, if you wanted to be righteous, considered righteous in God's eyes, follow the law, be obedient, walk in obedience, less sin, more holiness. But the reality is, is we all have learned about ourselves that we are sinful we just are we know that right I mean we can be we can we can all acknowledge yes I am a sinful person that is definitely a part of the uh, birthmark that I've been born with into this world I'm sinful and so up to this point follow the law be obedient walk in holiness but now it says apart from the law the righteousness of God has been revealed attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there is no distinction. Like God does not care whether you're Jew or Gentile, but righteousness comes through faith in Christ. All right, do you understand that? Fundamental truth of Christianity that you've got to wrap your mind around. The righteousness of God being made right in his eyes comes through faith in Jesus Christ, to all who believe since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified freely by God's grace is something that you didn't earn, something you can't earn on your own. It was given to you as a gift. The redemption came that, that came through Jesus Christ. Okay, and I love the fact that it's just the coincidence that the horse that won the Kentucky, uh, Kentucky Derby yesterday, his name is Justify. <laughs> and his jockey and his owner both testified to the goodness of God in their life and gave glory to God because of this victory of this horse named Justify. I don't know. God's timing is pretty cool. Justified freely by his grace. Justify means justified, never sinned. 
And that's how the Lord sees you when you come to be redeemed through your faith in Jesus Christ. Like you would never, that, that's how he sees you. We don't see ourselves that way. We're trying to get to that place, not in such a way to say, well, I'm holier than everyone else because God sees me as sinless and therefore I can just do whatever I want. No, we're going to find out in Romans that that's not what he's saying. But that's how he wants to, you to see yourself. God presented him, Jesus, as an atoning sacrifice in his blood, received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. So once again, we're declared righteous because of our faith in Jesus. That's it. That's the only way you can be seen as sinless. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's through faith in Jesus. It's not in church attendance. It's not in how much you give at the end of the service. Listen, it's not even in baptism. Baptism is an outward sign of what has already occurred inside of you. I'm already righteous in God's eyes. And now I am presenting myself to him to identify with the death and the resurrection of Jesus, to walk out this, this faith that I have and follow him, following the example that Jesus laid for us. But the salvation comes through faith in Jesus. All right, turn over uh, to Romans chapter 5. Now, some homework for you. Start where I left off and read to Romans chapter 5 later on just to get some, some beautiful context of how even Abraham, before he was even circumcised, was a man of faith because of his belief and, and uh, it wasn't anything that you could do on your own. You just, you can process that later. So listen to what it says in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, okay, we just established that, righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Before Christ, objects of wrath, <laughs> deserving of death. We come to Christ, we put our faith in him, we become alive, set apart, holy, just if you had never sinned. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into his grace which is, which we, in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Which is one of the reasons why we still have this picture up here. We rejoice in the hope that we have of the glory of God. The hope is, is that there's more to this life than just this life, right? The hope is, is that someday we will stand before Jesus face to face. That is the goal of our faith, to stand before him someday. And so that we can see him for who he really is, just like he sees us for who we really are. Are you excited about that day? I'm excited about that day. Like I really am. Like matter of fact, I'll just tell you right now, we're doing a bunch of uh, renovation on our house and the only word that I can describe that describes how I feel about all the stuff that's going on in our house right now is, ah, that's how I feel. And um, someday Jesus is gonna come back and is gonna rescue us and I'd be okay if it was today, all right? Before I have to pay the contractor, 
And before I have to do anything else to my house, because it's a, there's, we have, our kitchen table is in our living room. We're making toast in our living room while watching TV. That's not natural. You shouldn't do that. That's as weird as some guy talking to you in the bathroom. Shouldn't happen. And there's dust in places there should not be dust. Someday, someday this hope of glory is that we're going to stand before Jesus face to face. It's going to be a beautiful thing. But what, but what now? Until then, what are, what are we supposed to do? So listen to what it says. And not only that, we have this hope for the glory of God, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. How many of you could say today that you need to learn to rejoice in your affliction? Yeah, raise your hand. How many of you need to learn to rejoice in your affliction? Because here's the deal. All of us, at one time or another, have dealt with some affliction. I know a young girl who was not able to be with us today. I was praying that she would be with us today, but a few nights ago she came to her home. She was dealing with depression, thoughts of ending her own life, inadequacy, unworthiness, feeling unloved, dealing with affliction. I was trying to encourage her. This is producing endurance in you. It's making you stronger. And she just, she can't get there yet. She's stuck, literally in a fetal position. And all I knew to do, obviously, was to pray for her. The prayer out of James chapter 5 where it says is any among you suffering you should pray so if we're here today and we're suffering with this affliction you should pray and you're like Brady Pastor Brady I prayed and I prayed and I prayed don't stop keep praying because here's the thing God doesn't waste any of our prayers he's doing something he's at work he's patient He waits 10 years for a cactus to grow one inch. He's patient with you. Don't stop praying. Don't give up. Keep in prayer. It says, James chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Do any of you have a reason to be cheerful today? Is there anything going on in your life that you're excited about? Man, there's some incredible stuff going on. There's a lot of, this is like life just at its best. There's some hurt, hurtful things, hard things going on. There's, there's people graduating from college, getting ready to graduate from high school. A month from now, we're headed to Peru. It's going to be exciting. Uh, yesterday, a girl graduated from college and got engaged all in the same day. Amen. Can you clap for that? That's exciting. She's actually here, but she's serving in the nursery, all right? This is her dad right here, 
stand up, Jimmy. Jimmy's doing the happy dance because she's getting off the payroll soon. All right, it's all, he's, he's excited, all right? Listen, we have to learn to share our sufferings together and pray for one another, and we have to learn to rejoice and celebrate with one another things that are going on in our life, okay? You've got to learn to do that together. It says, is anyone among you sick? She called the elders of the church. They had to pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Gives you kind of an idea of how to pray for someone. The prayer of faith will make the sick person, uh, will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. Okay, listen to this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. Now, how are you made righteous? By what? Shout it out. Faith in what? Faith in Jesus, right? So you, you have faith in Jesus. The power of God, the, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. That same power that lived in Christ lives in you. I was just given this word today or uh, this earlier this week about Brady. You have to understand, man, your identity is in Christ. That same power lives in you. You need to be praying. You're going to have an opportunity to pray for someone today. And I did. I prayed, that young lady came to our home and we prayed over her. Was she healed immediately? No. Is God working and healing her? I believe absolutely yes. And he's a lot more patient than I am. And maybe today, he's working in you. He's healing you a little bit at a time. He's renewing your mind. He's, he's working out a affliction so that it'll produce some character, which will produce some hope. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient. It may not seem like it's going to happen, but be patient and pray and seek the Lord while he may be found. <laughs> seek him today.